the name of Jesus. Well, if you have your Bibles and how many love the Word of God, let's go to the book of Job, chapter 22. We started a series on the prayers that Paul prayed. And someone said, you know, you know, uh, what is so important about, you know, knowing how to pray? Did it come to where we have to pray? But how many of you know that prayer changes things? And I was thinking about, you know, as we've been, I've been studying here lately about getting ready for Veterans Day and reading stories of a number of soldiers and mothers who prayed and thinking about doctors and praying for Brother Daryl's grandchild and uh, thanking God that God, that the doctor that's working on that baby and the doctor who delivered Missy's baby today, and uh, they went to learn how to save lives. And you think of our soldiers and our policemen and our firemen, that they went to school and they studied, they got prepared, they got trained, and you hear the word many times that that, has, that saved countless lives. In World War I, there was so much gassing going on that was killing the soldiers that learning to put on the gas mask saved countless lives, they said. And I saw that word, countless lives, and I started thinking, well, you know, there's so much emphasis on what prayer can do in saving countless lives. If we would understand the importance that we're here to learn how to pray, or develop our prayer life in even a deeper level because your prayers can save countless lives. Just like someone who's being trained and prepared to save lives, our prayers can save countless lives. Not only our children, but our children's children and our children's children's children and so many others. And in Job chapter 22, I brought you here last week, and it says in chapter 22, verse 27, Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear you. And thou shalt pay thy vows, and thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon their ways. And then in verse 30, he shall deliver the island of the innocent, and it is delivered by the pureness of thy hands. In verse 27, thou shalt make thy prayers unto him. And if you're taking notes, I gave you the Greek definition of that word, according to the lexicon dictionary. That word make is the word to compose, to construct, and to design. And I believe we're going to study some things tonight that I believe our prayer is going to become more effectual after tonight and, and it's because the effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I believe that your prayers and my prayers are going to go to another a higher level. And by learning to compose and study the Word of God and remind God of His Word and stay before God and proclaim His goodness and, and get the Scriptures and, and just use them. And, you know, you, your prayers can make God marvel, just like the centurion who told God that just send the Word only. Just send the Word only. And my servant who is at the point of death shall live. I believe your prayers have that much potential that you can pray a prayer only. You can pray that prayer of faith and it shall be effectual and it shall go to work on, on behalf of whoever you're praying for and they'll live and not die and they'll be saved and not go to hell. They'll go to heaven. They'll be delivered. Whatever you're praying for, you'll make your prayers unto God. You'll compose it as a composer of an orchestra or as an architect builds a building. And when you're building a building, you want to make sure that it's going to stand up in the storm. You want to build it upon the foundation, the rock of our salvation. Jesus Christ. And you want to build it wisely. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that a wise man builds his house. 
And I believe that wisdom is part of what we're going to study tonight in Paul's letter in Ephesians 1, that we've got to pray according to wisdom and knowledge. We've got to grow in wisdom and knowledge. God wants to give us a spirit of wisdom. Wisdom is our teacher. Wisdom is our mentor. Wisdom is our instructor. Mentor, uh, wisdom is our guide through the Holy Spirit to know how to pray. Pray wise prayers. And we're going to see some of that tonight. I love what Alfred Lord Tenson said. More things are wrought by prayer than the world dreams of. You know, boy, we would pray as diligently as we dream. And if we would dare to dream to pray prayers that would touch the throne of God and release His power and His healing and His authority and His salvation. And so I believe it's so important to think of that. Proverbs 24.3 says, A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through understanding. God's going to give us understanding of the Word on how to pray. And last week I just shared with you, I just touched on Ephesians was one of the most mature, fastest growing church out of all the churches that Paul raised up. And it was a lot because of the revelation Paul had in his prayers. And I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 1 as we start studying on this prayer tonight. In Ephesians chapter 1. Because I said last week, and you could get the tapes of the last two weeks in our introduction, that Ephesus is where the handkerchiefs were brought before Paul and the power and the anointing of God came in the fibers of the cloth and would deliver the demon-possessed and heal the sick. And I believe, God, that as you and I live in this earth that is cursed, we can live blessed. And I believe a lot of it has to do with us walking in newness of life and learning how to pray. And I want to read... Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 3. But I want to read out the message translation. How blessed is God. And what a blessing He is. He's the Father of our Master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in Him. Say the high places of blessing in Him. Long before He laid down earth's foundation, He had us in mind and settled on us as a focus of His love. To be made whole and holy by His love. Long, long ago, He decided to adopt us into His family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure He took in planning this. Think about that. What pleasure He took in planning this. How many remember when you started desiring a family? And you started, what joy it was to start planning on having that family and getting prepared. And God had that joy as our father, our parent, in preparing for what He chose us for. He wanted us to enter into celebration of His lavish gift-giving by the hand of His beloved Son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We are free people. Free from penalties and punishments. Chalked up by our misdeeds. And not just barely free either. Abundantly free. Hallelujah. He thought of everything. Look at your ever say, He thought of everything. He thought of everything. Whatever the world holds tomorrow, whatever you're facing right now tomorrow, He already thought aforehand. Before you blew it last year, before you blew it ten years ago, before you, you're going to blow it tomorrow, He thought of everything to get it ready for you so you'll always have a comeback. Nothing you're facing is the end. He's prayed that we would have the eyes of our understanding. In other words, He says, I want you to dream again. Nothing you can do, nothing you've done can separate of what my love is totally lavished upon you for. It's the good news of the gospel, hallelujah, that you're not just barely free, you're abundantly free. He thought of everything 
provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on His plans, He took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in Him, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. It is Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had an eye on us, had designed us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose He is working out in everything and in everyone. Isn't this wonderful news? It is in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, found yourselves home free. Signed, sealed, and delivered. You're His man. Amen? Signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. The signet from God is the first installment of what's coming. A reminder that we get everything God has planned for us. A praising and a glory is life. That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus and your outpouring love to, love, of love to all the Christians, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I think of you and give thanks, for I do more than that. I ask, I ask the God of our Master Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing Him personally, your eyes focused and clear, so that you can see exactly what it, He is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life He has for Christians. Oh, the utter extravagance of His work in us who trust Him. Endless energy, boundless strength. Boy, is that powerful? That's through verse 23. That is powerful. The endless strength that He has available to you and I. And that's some of the things we're going to study on tonight. And I want you to look with me in verse 15. It says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith, after I heard of your what? In the Lord Jesus. And what? Unto all the saints, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, there's something I want to bring out to you, and I, I just want you to hear this. This, is, I believe, is one of the important keys we need to take a hold of. It says, Wherefore also, after I heard of your faith. Now, how many of you know that when we start hearing of people's problems, that's usually when we start praying for them? It says, And love. We figure, well, my prayers are answered. I can stop praying. We're studying the prayer life and the revelation of Paul. And isn't it something that after he heard the testimony of their faith and he heard the testimony of their love, that's not when he stopped praying. That's when he started praying. Come on, church, take this. Take it. Take it. He says, after I heard of your faith. I mean, many times when you and I are praying for somebody to get saved, and once they're saved, well, thank God they're saved, and we don't pray for them like we did. Once we heard that Brother Buddy was uh, going through a thing with his heart, and the doctor said there was no chance he was going to live, and was sounding all negative and everything else, we prayed and we prayed. But then when we started seeing him dance, and he says he's healed, and everything's looking good, then we stopped praying, but not Paul. He, he says, wait a minute, I'm trying to teach, teach y'all something here. When things are going good, that's a sign I need to pray more. Right. Right. When things are going good in your life, I need to pray more because when everything's going good, that just means the devil's trying to make a plan to come back and knock you out. So I have to heard that you're moving in faith. 
After I heard that you're loving all saints and you've broken bitterness and strife and you're loving them, I cease not to pray for you. And I thought, wow, what a revelation that we've got to get as a church. We pray for someone. When they get saved, well, thank God they're saved and we quit praying for them. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, well, how is your grandson doing? Well, he's in trouble again. Well, I wonder if he would have stayed out of trouble if we would have kept praying for him after he got saved like we did before. Come on, church. Amen. Are you seeing this? After Paul heard the good report, he says, I've got to pray harder. Because now that it's working, I've got to pray that God gives you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, understanding in Him so that now that it's working, it just won't only continue to work, but you will grow in understanding so that it will grow in work. That you will just not stay at the level that you're at, but you will continue to seek Him and you will continue to know Him. So I want you to write that down as something that is so important about the importance of when things, when your prayers get answered, don't stop praying. A lot of people say, you know, Man, I'm being attacked by the devil. I must be doing something wrong. No! You're probably doing everything right. The enemy's coming after you because you're probably doing everything right and you're living your life right. And you're seeking God and praying. And the devil knows you're serious about him and his word. So he wants to get up and he wants to attack you. But we see here, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. How many want to know Him more? Amen. I want you to write this down. Divine fellowship. Because we want a pattern after Paul's prayer. Divine fellowship. Divine wisdom. Equals divine vision. That's what this verse is about. Divine fellowship. Divine wisdom. Equals divine vision. Divine fellowship. Divine fellowship. Hold your place to Ephesians. Look with me in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 33. I'm sorry. Isaiah 33. Isaiah 33. Isaiah 33. Look at verse 5. The Lord is exalted, for He dwelleth on high. Well, I hear some pages still. You there? Amen. The Lord is exalted, for He dwelleth on high. He hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness. And listen to this now. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. And strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is His treasure. I love the NIV that says that... He will be a sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom. It also says in the New American, and He will be the stability of your times. And for, in the times we live in, the times ahead, and a brother was talking about, if you watch the news, any all the different things that are coming out and the things that people are saying, and all the uh, increase in, in uh, living and everything else that's going on. How many of you know that if we need more stability in our times than ever? But divine fellowship and divine revelation and understanding and wisdom brings us into divine vision. 
And how can we have a divine vision that God has already provided everything we need if we don't have divine fellowship? And, and let me give you an example of that. I know, brother, I know Brother Buddy real good. And I would have no problem going to Brother Buddy's house. He lives about two miles from my house. I'd have no problem knowing Brother Buddy, going to him and say, Brother Buddy, um, we're out of sugar. Would you lend me a cup of sugar? Or can I borrow your lawnmower or your weed eater? Or got an extra Christmas tree. They gave us a Christmas tree. Anyway, I wouldn't have any trouble going to Brother Buddy because I know him, or Sister Isabel, or Sister Kate. I wouldn't have trouble going to anybody. I called my brother here and we talked about some things. I wouldn't go, have any problem going to somebody I know and ask them to lend me something. But how many know I have a lot of trouble going to my neighbor if I don't know them and say, Hey, can I borrow your car? Can I borrow your lawnmower? How many know it's easier to ask somebody you know for a favor than it is to ask somebody you don't know for a favor? Oh, come on now. So, if I start walking in divine fellowship with my Heavenly Father because He has already purposed everything already ahead of time for me, if I have divine fellowship and I'm growing in divine wisdom with my Heavenly Father, if I know God, I don't have any problem asking my God for things. Do you see that? (laughs) If I know God, then I know He hears me because I have a relationship with God. And I'm growing in wisdom with God that I know, I know that it's in His Word and whatever is in His Word is His will. And if I pray according to His will, I don't have any problem waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Why? Because I know Him. And I know He welcomes me. All I've got to do is call upon Him. All I've got to do is think. All I've got to do is whisper. What, it doesn't matter. All I've got to do is write it down. Whatever I write, whatever I think, whatever I speak, whatever I pray, I know my God is hearing me. I know my God hears my thoughts. He hears my words even before I speak them because I know my God knows my heart because more and more I'm coming to know His heart. And the more I get to know Him, the more comfortable I am around Him. And the more comfortable I am with His Word. And the more free, abundantly free, I feel that I can ask God about anything. So many people say, well, you know, Pastor, I just feel asking God to heal my toenail. It's just so small. After you prayed for that lady with cancer and you prayed for that baby, I felt like, what is my little bitty problem compared to that? Oh, but when you get to know God, God cares about the little things just like He does the big things. And you're not bothering God. You may have a list of a hundred things and he's saying, I don't care if it's a hundred thousand. I want you to tell me about it all. But you can't have that type of prayer life if you don't know God that way. God, I hate to bother you. How else, oh Lord, it's me again. Again. He never uses that word again, standing in the need of prayer. No, he never uses, oh good, it's you. I've been waiting for you. I knew you were going to have something else come up. I knew there was something else on your mind. So that's what it is all about. Look with me. Look at Jesus in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Divine fellowship. It says in one portion that, you know, we don't know how to pray as we ought because we're not spending the time in the Word like we need. The more time I spend in the Word, the more I know how to pray. I know how God thinks. I know how God thinks. For my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The more time I spend with God, the more I know how He thinks, the more I know how He acts, and the more I know how He operates, the more I know how He moves, and the more I spend time with God, the more I know how He feels about me. 
And it's not evil, but it's good He thinks about you and me. And it's about doing good things and not evil that He thinks towards you and I. And so the more I get to know my Heavenly Father, the God of all creation, the more happier and content and the more faith I have that my God will not give me a stone when I ask for a bread. And He will not give me a serpent when I ask for a fish. And that my God knows the things I have need of. And it is His good will and His pleasure to give me of those things. And the way I know how my God thinks and operates. And when I start going through circumstances, I've already walked this way with my Father. And I've had communication with my Father. And I've grown in wisdom in this area. And His Word came more alive in this area. And it was good that I was afflicted in this area, that I might come to know my God in that area in a more special way, in a more real of His presence. And even as Jesus right here in Luke chapter 2, verse 46, and it says, And it came to pass that after three days they found Him in the temple, Mary and Joseph looking for baby Jesus. Not baby Jesus, 12-year-old Jesus. Sitting in the midst of... How many? I still call my 12-year-old baby. Sitting in the midst... I call my 20-year-old baby. I call my 42-year-old... <laughs> it says, Sitting in the midst of the doctors, Sitting in the midst of the doctors, the theologians, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. His understanding and answers. I believe we need to pray. Paul says, I want you to learn how to pray with your understanding. And I want you to learn how to answer your problems. I want you to respond to the enemy the way Jesus did in John chapter 3. I want you, John chapter 4, I want you to grow in understanding and, and answers. And, and it says, and when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said, son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father, I have sought thee sorrowing. And then look at verse uh, 51. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. And in favor with God and man. And that's what Paul was praying. That we grow in wisdom and stature with man. Look with me in John chapter 10. Look at another thing about Jesus. John chapter 10. Verse 29. He grew in understanding... He grew in wisdom. He grew in favor. And I want you to see here, Jesus had divine fellowship with the Father. And it says, My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. Say, is greater than all. He's greater than any demonic forces. He's greater than any power of darkness. He's greater than any type of sickness. He's greater than any type of cares. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? You see... <laughs> you got to know somebody to speak that way of them. I can tell you about Sister Jesse and Brother Jim and Sister Carolyn and Brother Ray. I can tell you about Shane right here. I can tell you about a lot of different ones in here because I've known you for a while. And the longer I know you, the more I know you. And the more I can say about you, the more I can speak about you. And the Jesus is saying, I know that my Father is greater than all the demonic forces of hell. He's greater than any type of circumstance that would rise up against me. He's greater than any type of thing that man and all of his enemies will try to do. And that word is greater than all means my God has the keeping power. My Father has the keeping power. 
no matter what right Jesus is preaching. And he's bragging and boasting in God. He's making his boast in God that I know, I know my father has a keeping power. It's like when we were small, we might would get scared and we'd run to mom and dad's bed. And I mean, I, I did. I don't know about you till I got married when I was almost 18. They kicked me out. But whenever I'd get scared, I'd run to mom and dad. When I'd get in bed next to my dad, I'd always get next to my dad because he was on this side of the bed and he pulled covers back and I'd get next to him. Didn't matter how bad the weather was. Didn't matter how big the boogeyman was. Wasn't, didn't matter how big the shadow was in my room. Didn't matter how big the snakes looked on my comforter. When I got in his bed, I didn't see those things, imagine those things, or feel those things, or worry about those things anymore. Why? I was in the keeping power of my daddy. Well, Jesus knew the keeping power of His Father. And it didn't matter how many enemies were trying to rise up against Him. He knew that the greater one is His Father. And my Father loves me with a lavish love. He is poor. I know He loves me. I know that I can pray right now. He doesn't hold my yesterday against me. He doesn't hold the sins of my past against me. I know He loves me with an everlasting love. And He has provided for everything I need throughout eternity. And so I know that no matter what or who or where they come from rises up against me, I've got the keeping power of God. My God is going to keep me. He is the El Shaddai. He is the Jehovah Jireh. He is the only Him, Adonai. He is the God who's going to keep me regardless of the circumstances. I know my Father is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And I and my Father are one. It says the Jews, poor little fellows, picked up stones to stone Him. That was a lost case. Listen. Jesus said, what I hear my father say, that's what I say. What Jesus is saying there is what I'm doing, I'm able to do because I'm hearing the right things at the right time from the one and only. I'm praying right because I'm hearing right. And I'm hearing right because I'm in fellowship with my father. (laughs) I'm hearing right. Father, I come before you. And you've spoken in my spirit that I'm supposed to do this. And you've spoken in my spirit about this person. And you've told me to do this and you've told me that. And so that's my keeping power to stay in hope and to stay in faith. Because no matter what I see, I know I'm hearing the right thing. And you promised me that this is going to work out for my good. You promised me that. And even though everything is looking like it's going to be against me and work out for the worst for me, I'm staying in the keeping power of God because I'm hearing the right things. I'm doing the right things. You're the right God. You're the only true God. So Father says, I'm in fellowship with you. I just keep hearing the right things and therefore I'll keep doing the right things and my prayers are going to work. I'm in fellowship with Him. I'm hearing Him. Are you hearing Him? Sister Luella testified last night. Got all kind of people healed and... uh, uh, Saved in intensive care because she heard the right thing in a coma. Why? She heard the right thing. All you got to do is walk with her. And she was doing her hair and show whatever she was in her makeup room. And God just spoke to her. And she says, well, she heard the right thing. And when she obeyed, the right thing happened. In fellowship with the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're going to die, buddy. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm in fellowship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm hearing the right thing. Doc, you're saying the wrong thing. But my God's already spoken the right thing. 
So it's going to be according to me, even according to the Word of God. My brother, in the name of Jesus, it's going to be, according, it's going to, be to me according to the Word of God. Somebody, everybody's talking a lot of wrong things. But thank God I'm walking with somebody and I'm hearing the right things. And the right things is I'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. The right things is I'm under the shadow of the Almighty. The right things is it is God who supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. The right things is that all my sins are forgiven and thrown in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be brought up again. And I am washed in the blood of Jesus and His mercy and truth follows me all the days of my life. Now, I, it's up to me to keep hearing the right things so I can keep decreeing the right things. And when I decree declare the right things, it shall be done unto me, because what I'm hearing, I'm hearing right from the author and the giver of life. You see, you, are you getting, you seeing something about prayer here? <laughs> divine fellowship, divine wisdom brings divine vision. Amen? Hallelujah. So we just stay in that fellowship and grow in that knowledge with the Father. Verse 17 in Ephesians 1. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, oh boy, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. How many receive that? Hallelujah. Amen. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. That is just so rich. But how many of God wants to be a part of your spirit? Amen. And he wants to bring his wisdom above our intellect. Now, the word spirit there, if you're taking notes, means a disposition or influence which fills and governs the soul. A disposition or influence which fills and governs the soul. I love what the Amplified Bible says here. For I always pray to God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that He will grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into the mysteries and secrets in the deep, deep, deep and intimate knowledge of Him. Aren't you glad? Thank God for the foundation of the gospel, repentance, and water baptism, and communion. But aren't you thankful that Paul told us in Hebrews to go deeper? Get to know the order of Melchizedek. Get to know the spirit of the Christ. Get to know who you are as priests and kings. Then the word knowledge means, write this down, the word knowledge means what is true and accurate and full of knowledge. True and accurate and full of knowledge. What is true and accurate and full of knowledge. Then I want you to write down the word enlightenment. Enlightenment. It means to experience divine counsel and the divine presence of God in my life. Enlightenment. To experience the divine counsel and the presence of God in my life. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. 1 John 4 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and Knows, knows God. Jesus prayed in John 17, 3, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Amen. 
John 4, 2 through 3. You can write that down where it talked about praying and asking the Father whom you know that He will give you the desires of your heart. And so thank God we've been given His Word to, to confirm those things to us. Now quickly I want to get into the word hope. The hope of His calling. According to 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 13. You can just write that down. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 13. The hope is one of the three lasting things that will always last. And I'll give you the definition of that word hope. It means desire. Desire. Connected with expectation. Desire. Connected by expectation. And belief in total fulfillment. And the belief of total fulfillment. It means a favorable and confident expectation. A favorable. The call on God's life, on your life, is favorable and confident expectation. Remember I shared with you last week that the word favor meant like thermostat, whatever you want to set it on, you can set it on. Well, hallelujah, in prayer, God wants you to set your thermostat for as high as you want to set it. Amen? And the hope of His calling. Martin Luther said, Faith is a living and unshakable confidence. A belief in the grace of God so assured that a man would die a thousand deaths for its sake. It means no matter what I have to face, I'm going to keep believing. The hope of His calling. Now there's something I want you to picture in that word is before we continue in that. The hope of His calling. How many know that God is the author of the word? How many of you believe that God is the author of the Holy Bible? Well, we read that God wrote volumes about you while you were still in your mother's womb. God is the greatest author that ever lived. And God doesn't write fiction. Fiction means not true, right? God doesn't write fiction. God writes the truth. And He's written the truth about you. He's written a book, and you're the cast in His play. You're the cast in His story. And the hope of His calling, what He has called you to do, no matter how young or how old we are, we never quit, we never give up, we never say, I'm not going to do none of this, none of this is ever going to happen. We need to keep living in an expectation of something great is going to happen in and through our lives. And if we have seen great things, we're going to continue to see greater things because God, in His book, if you read Revelation, it all ends up like He said it was going to end up to. And everything builds up to where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. When God writes a book, there's a lot of twists and turns. There's a lot of things that sometimes don't look real good. But then all of a sudden it does look good. Then it don't look too good. Then it does look good. And you can read the Bible and it's just up and down and up and down in people's lives. But when God has a chosen purpose and we continue to stay focused on His hope and continue divine fellowship, He's got this book written about you and about the person you were supposed to marry and, and, and their children and your job and all that you're about to do. In His book, it is written about you belonging to Word of Grace. And about things that you don't even know that He's getting ready to do. But the wisdom and the enlightenment that He's put already in His Spirit. And in His book is already written. He is the author of a book about you. And let me tell you something. Your book does not have to end in defeat. 
Your book can be just like the Holy Word of God because He's a holy God and He says that we have received an inheritance from Him. That means, that word inheritance means that He has put a deposit on you. And when you put a deposit on a house, I'm not the owner of that house yet, but I started the process of owning it. And every time I pay a note, I'm even that closer to that entire home being all of mine and I've got the title in my hand. I might have put a deposit on it. It may not be paid off, but it's already got my name on it. And as I continue over time, it is going to be me, mine. Well, when you get born again, God made a deposit on you. He said, I am the Father above over you. I put a deposit of my blood on you. I put a deposit of power in you. I put a deposit of authority in you. I put a deposit of an inheritance in you. And I am not only your tutor... I am the God who's going to teach you and guide you how to be a child with such an inheritance. I can't give you all the inheritance because you'll blow it and you'll come back to me and want to be a servant. I don't want you coming back to be a servant. I want you to live as a son. You follow me here tonight? Woo! I put a deposit on you. I don't care what the devil does. I don't care what the devil's circumstances say. You're mine. And as you continue growing me, the more you grow in me daily, the more you become like me, the more you act like me, talk like me, know how I think, you come to know me intimately in my fullness. And the stronger you get. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Daniel 11.32, They that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. What's going to bring the exploits? The prayer of those who know their God. Now, if I don't know Him, Lord, if it be your will, and God's saying, what does my word say about it? Well, if I haven't read his word, I can't even hear him when he's trying to bring my attention. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Pray my word. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Pray my word. I expect him. I know Him. You know what happens in prayer? I start praising Him. I catch His heart. Then He catches my heart. And we're holding on to each other for life. He catches my heart. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows the pressures coming against your life. And He says... You catch my heart, I'll catch your heart. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. How many know that's where the passion for the calling comes in? Oh, I was getting ready to get into some deep stuff here, but I think I'm going to save it for next week because it's already 11 o'clock. So we'll... Not 11. Not 11. Yeah, amen, a prophetic word. 
Amen. It's the eleventh hour. Hallelujah. We'll get into it next week, but let me give you this. The hope of his calling. I'll get into it next week. But you know what he's saying? Don't give up on your dreams. Because those dreams are my dreams. I'm the author of your life. And when you give up on the dreams I've placed in you, you're giving up on my dreams. Adam and Eve gave up on my dreams. Many have come before and have given up on God's dreams. And just because something has happened in your life or in someone else's life or, or anywhere else or, or whatever, whatever, don't give up on your dreams just because somebody else's dreams never came to pass. He says, I've chosen you and I've placed those dreams within you. And, I, and you're going to see, I have already preordained everything to make those dreams come true. And I'll finish by a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. You gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience which you stop to look fear in the face. You must do that which you think you cannot do. You've got to look fear and everything else in the face. And you've got to say, I'm not buying it. I'm not believing it. I've prayed, I'll believe, and it shall be unto me even as I believe. The ship was sinking, everybody was going crazy, and Paul says, be of good cheer. For I believe God <laughs> that it shall be even as it was told me. Now, how I many know you got to know God when your ship is sinking and your airplane's on fire or whatever you're going through? You, when, when you can hear God in the midst of that circumstance, you can stand up in front of the whole world and say, Hey, be of good cheer. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. I believe God. I have heard from God and I am doing the right thing. I am believing the right thing because I'm hearing it from the right God. Stand up and just go ahead and praise Him and thank Him for it tonight. In Jesus' name, the hope of His calling. The hope of His calling and the inheritance in the saints. Hallelujah! 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 Now, we are getting to that point where we're going to be just like Martin Luther. It may look like we'll get to the point of facing a thousand deaths. But that just means I believe for a thousand and one lives. And when you start believing like this, and you start preaching like this, and you start meditating on this, a lot of things are going to want, you're going to have to face some fears in the face. You're going to have to face some discouragements and unbelief in the face. But when you walk in fellowship with God, that lion we sung about tonight is going to rise up on the inside of you. And it doesn't matter how loud the roar of the other enemy that's coming against you. When I am fellowship with God and I am hearing the roar of my Father inside of me, 
that roar is going to come out of the inside of me and I'm going to end up roaring louder than the enemy that's been roaring at me. And I'm going to be able to holler louder and I'm going to be able to even think louder than the enemy's been thinking in my mind. I'm going to be able to carry them strongholds down. I'm going to believe the truth. I'm going to hear the right thing, be in the right place, do the right thing, and God is going to confirm His Word with signs and wonders follow. Glory! Glory! Hallelujah! Yeah! Boy, you are a danger to the enemy. You know why you've been fighting so much? Because you are a secret weapon about ready to explode and bring havoc to the enemy. Woo! You about ready to shock yourself, shock your family, and then maybe some will even pick up stones at you because you're hearing the right thing, saying the right thing, and doing the right thing. But even if they pick up stones at you, just like Jesus, you walk right through. Glory be to God. Amen. Throw me a stone, I'll build a house. Glory be to God. Throw me a brick, I'll build a wall. Throw me a rock, I'll seal it on your tomb. Not you, but on the enemy's tomb. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Father, we praise You for Your Word tonight. We praise You that Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, that instructed and flooded Paul with light. That though he was one who walked not personally with Christ, yet through prayer and revelation came to know Him in a different degree than all the other apostles. I praise you for our people here tonight who are walking in a different degree to get to know you. Not the traditional Jesus, but the King of kings and the Lord of lords. To know you. To become like you. And follow you. Father, is what we desire. So, Father, we pray this prayer, Paul, that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. That we may know the book, the calling, the purpose, the pleasure you created us for. That you are the author, author and finisher. (laughs) The author. You wrote it, and you wrote the ending. And you said you always cause us to triumph. So I know that you are the author of my triumphant ending. That we will fight the good fight, we will finish our course, and we will win. And I pray that over each and every one here tonight, in the authority of the name above all names, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, I decree and proclaim it tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. We love you. We'll see you Sunday morning. Please invite all the vets that you can. Don't forget Sunday school at 9 o'clock. Look for somebody to tell them you love them. If you need prayer, we'll be here right here to pray for you, minister to you. We love you. God bless you. Amen and amen.